What's up, scumbags? No, I thought we always let the guest. That's going to be the season four thing. Let the guest. Oh yeah, let the guest introduce. Okay. Happy to say, uh, welcome to Color Radio. Welcome to Color Radio. Scumbags. <laughs> yes. Attentively. <laughs> I. I am Olivia Hill. You can call me Liv. Um, I am a um, game designer and novelist, and. Um, Internet provocateur, I guess. Yes. You know. <laughs> may follow her on Twitter. That is highly possible. <laughs> that is actually how we met Liv, is through Twitter. Yeah, the Twitter um, machine, yeah. The, the Twitter machine, the Twitter... Og, what, was, what did he say? I have no idea what I'm about to say. Anyway, the Twitter <laughs> machine. <laughs> We're off to a good start. I was going to say algorithms. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that, somehow, that sounds sciencey. Yeah, yeah sciencey. Somehow the Twitter <laughs> algorithms led me to Liv's Twitter account, and I started to follow her, I think, two years ago. I think. Sure, sure. Good, it's a good account. And, it is yeah, a good account. You are one of the... the some number of thousands who followed and continued to follow after I said something inflammatory. <laughs> well, it's because usually your takes are pretty good. You have pretty good takes. Good. So, uh, I, I agree. I would have to say that I agree with probably, I'm going to say 99% of your tweets. Oh, cool. And cool your takes. That. That's more than I agree Mainly with. Mainly <laughs> because I'm pretty sure you said something that I disagreed with and I didn't see it, or I just said, meh, and I forgot about it. Sure. <laughs> Speaking of inflammatory takes, I had another uh, morning waking up with like double digit notifications on Facebook. And, oh God! And, like I, I was like, oh man, I was really drinking last night. You know, I was doing all the podcast stuff, and then I just started listening to our podcast. And I listened to that episode with Kenji and uh, Shusuke, episode two, I think. And then I apparently hopped on Facebook, and then I don't remember anything else. And I wake up, and I was like, oh man, please, please don't say. Have not said anything stupid, please, please. <laughs> and I looked through it and it was nothing. It was, I was just, I was just gabbing up a storm. Well, that was like, uh, I think you said something like, uh, oh yeah, he had he had pronounced the word, um, what was it? Uh, alternative. alternative as alter. Al- yeah, he, native. he said alternative. Oh sure, sure, yeah. sure. But, but he's got a like he doesn't have an act. He grew up in California, so his English is like perfect. Yeah, it's just this one weird quirk, and like I haven't forgotten about it in three years and I <laughs> never told him about it <laughs> so that was how we started our days I slept until three today it was nice. wonderful it was great I watched Star Trek the motion picture this morning the original the original oh yes. wow. it's been a long um, time since I've seen that yeah it's did you see my comment I made about it like the plot I, I'd seen it before but mm. the plot is basically like your ex who's a total smoke show comes back <laughs> but it's not her she's actually controlled by like this machine intelligence searching for something that it cannot understand and the only way to save the earth is to find some way to have sex with it plot. <laughs> it's <laughs> very iconically <laughs> classic star trek yes. like, yeah. yeah it's one of my favorite science fiction <clears throat> films honestly like just it's... that premise it's like oh you're a weird creepy machine but also you're super hot and like, <laughs> like i, I I'm ready to do this, but like, also you might destroy the Earth. I don't know what to do. So, um, anyway, they saved the Earth. They do. Yeah, they saved the mm-hmm. Earth. So he slept with the smoke show mm-hmm. robot. Well, they they merged <laughs> and birthed a new creature. I don't think I've seen that movie like you since do. I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, as, as one does. So, what do we start with first? There's a lot to get into with Olivia. <laughs> I thought games, we could, books. I thought uh, we I'll could start st- with the books. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I. I 
read the description for mm. Hashtag I Hunt, which is your first novel. Um, it's actually my second, but it doesn't really matter. Okay. <laughs> and I love the concept of, like, a... I love the working class protagonist. You mm. know, uh, I got some uh, Neil Stevenson vibes just from the description. Very. I was thinking, like, you know, feudal protagonist from uh, Snow Crash, I yeah. believe. And now, and that... Piqued my interest, mm. and I was asking Jared to give me a copy, but he only has it on his Kindle. Yes, I only have it on <laughs> Kindle, so I'm very sorry. I, I read I Hunt uh, earlier this year, mm-hmm. um, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know, I think you mentioned on Twitter how you, you hate comparisons, but it did have some sort of, maybe this is my own nostalgia, like, I'm like, this is like if Buffy was more socially aware. Yeah, yeah, Buffy but socially aware is a good one. I, it's not that I really hate comparisons. is Like, I, I like comparisons, but I don't like when people have to, like, sell themselves with comparisons. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I, I jokingly say, you know, this is Buffy meets Uber. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's how I sell the book. But, like, I don't like when, um, you know, everything has to be predicated on something that yeah. existed yeah. before mm-hmm. yeah that is that has become annoying we're like oh it's this meets this mm-hmm. like, that's i'm like no it's my thing <laughs> yeah. like it's a thing i did uh yeah but no it's it's absolutely um like a sort of answer to buffy with like 20 more years of awareness mm-hmm. attached so, to it so what's the what's give us the uh the what is it the book cover rundown of mm-hmm. hashtag i hunt so like the elevator pitch or whatever yeah um it's um it's like i said it's buffy meets uber um, basically, uh, it is, uh, it's a story that was inspired by, um, all of those articles about how like millennials killed Buffalo wild wings yeah. or <laughs> Buffalo's killed the diamond industry or millennials, millennials whatever. Having sex. Yeah. They, yeah. they killed having sex. They killed not having sex, yeah. whatever. Um, and, and so like, you know, I'm, I'm just at the cusp of being a millennial. I was born in 82. Same. And right. so like, I, I, that struggle is my struggle and like, I have to do that. Like, I can't just have a job. I can't just get by with what I'm doing. Everything has to be a hustle. Everything has to be a struggle. And so basically what I hunt is it's, it's, um, hunting monsters like Buffy or like supernatural or whatever, except it's done on an app like Uber gig economy monster hunting exactly it's hunting monsters in the gig economy um so the the protagonist lana is um from southern california and she's like 30 ish and basically she has this app that she finds um contracts for monsters she goes out and she fucking murders them and then she gets paid usually what kind of monsters your classic uh most of the time it's vampires um she likes hunting vampires because it's easy um but she hunts all kinds of things. She hunts demons. She hunts mummies. Uh, she hunts fuck werewolves. There was the werewolf there's contract werewolf. in the book. I remember. Yeah, there's there's a Nazi werewolf. Yeah, yep. um, it's the worst kind of werewolf. Yes, it's the worst kind of anything. Really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you take whatever at Nazi. Um, so she she kills werewolves. She kills um, like Medusas, like Lamia, mm. um, in in one of the stories. There's a, there's one where she kills a rogue AI. Um, that's like uh, it, the the story. It's a it's a Lamy. Is that is that the word for Medusas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I okay. I okay. <laughs> the I I did a um. So Starts falling into place for me. Okay, continue. <laughs> I did a I did a free novella that um is up that it's basically like a sampler for the for the I hunt stories and it's called um I hunt Frankenstein's monster kind of but not really. And and it's a rogue AI that's in a robot body. Ah. And basically, like, the rogue AI killed this woman who made her. 
and um, the woman's wife um, hires Lana to kill the AI as like you know to stop the robot and to get vengeance for her dead wife sure sure um, and so like she kills all kinds of things um, and like the sort of the idea is is that like not everything that she like a lot of the things that she kills they're monsters they're fucking vampires they're demons they're whatever and so they're dangerous it's probably a good thing that she gets rid of them but some of them it's sort of morally ambiguous some of them aren't really hurting anyone right but she also has to pay rent right so she doesn't really get to be picky Sounds like there's some uh, working class politics in this. Exactly, <laughs> it is. It is a very working class book. It is. It is very leftist um, from from that angle. Um, I wanted to do a horror book where the um, the vampires and the, the the monsters were not as scary as eviction. <laughs> and like it really it really yeah. comes across in the book where she's yeah. not really afraid of the vampires. She's exactly. not really afraid of the werewolves. Like she takes her job seriously mm-hmm. and the so she's, dangers she's that are afraid of but you know, it, there's a lot of, you know, it, the anxiety of just being like am I going to make rent this oh, month? The yeah. anxiety of like can I eat today? Sounds like it'll give me anxiety if yeah. I eat it. Yeah. And so, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is and you know, I think some detractors might say oh it's too on the nose with the social commentary, but it's exactly what, you know, I think lit- literature needs more than mm-hmm. anything is something to be more blunt about this anxiety right yeah there's um, a bit where um in the book where she gets a paycheck and it's like the biggest paycheck she's ever gotten and her bank um freezes her account because, because it's such a big it's because a it's big a big transfer. account yeah it's yep. a big transaction so the bank thinks that it's suspicious freezes her account and because she doesn't get the um the the deposit she gets overdrafted uh, and so she has to pay overdraft fees even though she just got the biggest paycheck of her life uh, and like those compound they're like daily yeah. overdraft fees. and yeah. that, that's real i remember that, when i was yeah. i was 20 and i i basically lived on on debt like overdrafting yeah and it yeah. just it just spiraled out of control where i was like look guys like help me out like can you stop it and they're like no no you owe us 300 dollars. <laughs> we can't help you and i'm yeah. like fuck you td bank north yeah so i think at the same time like at the time it was like bank in new hampshire but it got bought out by td bank eventually but i mean that's something i can i can totally relate to because it's happened to me yeah you know so that's yeah, that's that's the the real horror of the story. It's economic horror. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm very curious. I look forward to reading it. I will find a copy and I will read it. It sounds like it's right up my alley. Cool. And your recently published uh, novel, Ultra. Ultra. This one I have not heard about. Why don't you give us the rundown on that? Okay, so Ultra it has, it has Lana, right? Lana's Lana in is it? briefly in it. Oh, okay. She's very briefly in it. Set um, in the same world. Then. It is set in the same world. Yeah. Um, if you've read I Hunt, there's a scene where she goes to a party um, and there's a very unfortunate hookup. Um, mm. And that scene is also an ultra, but she's sort of like a cameo character in that scene um, because something really awful happens also in like another room. Okay. Mm. Um, so basically, like the, they're interconnected, but slightly. Um, but so Ultra is um, Ultra is a conspiracy novel and it's. Um, it was inspired by the MK Ultra project, mm. which was a project that the uh, U.S. government, yes, yes, yes. yeah, uh, like they did mind control and LSD and stuff. Yes, like that. Yeah. yes, yeah, they did mind control experiments. They did all sorts of weird paranormal shit, and we only know like astral projections. Yeah, we only yes. know a little bit, a tiny bit. And it was yeah. only by accident. Yep. Um, there were there were twenty thousand documents that were accidentally filed as um, like oh, weird budgeting shit. Sorry. This is cool. We're, we're getting beer. Can I get a second while I'm... Oh, yeah. That'll save us the time. I'm not quite finished with this one, but I'll get started. 
Alright, so... Um, so anyway... Yeah, the government like funded these things. They're really fucked up. They're really weird. Wait, wait, go, go back to how we found out. You said there was a bunch of documents yeah. that were twenty thousand documents. Or? They were misclassified. Yeah, they were classified um, as like budgetary documents, and they were um, they were just put off in the wrong cabinet. Um, the I believe it was the head of the FBI at the time ordered all of the documents to be destroyed because he thought it would be really inconvenient if we found out that um, we were torturing people, um, molesting children, and mm. all kinds of awful shit. Like, we don't even know the extent of it. Um, and so he had all of this stuff destroyed, but those 20,000 documents that got misfiled were found accidentally by a Freedom of Information Act request um, that was for something completely unrelated. And so we, we dug them up and we found them and we have these 20,000 documents that shows that the government was doing all of this really awful shit that killed a lot of people, tortured a lot of people, um, did a lot of child abuse. Like, it was just horrendous, absolutely terrible stuff. And that's only the surface of it. We'll in, never in, in know. In the pursuit mm. of, like, astral projection and, like, mind control with the aid of... And, like, also trying to create, like, super soldiers, I think. Like, also yeah. trying to create, like... Just perfect soldiers who will kill. Yeah, like, well, and it, yeah, it was to and, beat the communists. Essentially, yeah. it was just to because they heard that Russia had psychic super soldiers. So we, of course, needed psychic super soldiers because that duh. would have been like the coolest space race, like trying to be <laughs> yeah. super soldiers. And it, it happened. Yeah, it was we real. just don't know how much. Oh. Um, and and the fucked up thing is, is that there's a lot of these records that uh, show some re real like interesting results. Like some of the astral projection um, trials had positive results like undeniably positive ones they would have a guy in one room doing flashcards while someone was in another room reading them through a concrete wall and he would just do it with like 75 80 percent accuracy wow which is fucking insane like and we don't know how that all panned out we have no idea um so basically my story ultra is the children of victims of those experiments who grew up with psychic powers, but now the government has like closed the doors on these programs mostly and defunded them and pushed them off into the far corners. Um, and so these kids are just like picking up the pieces um, and it's ruined their lives so much that they're um, they don't know what to do. And they like a few of them get together and they find out that they're kind of triplets. They're kind of related in a weird way. And they, they take a road trip in order to find the answers and to like, stop the government from hunting them down and trying to put them in cages and shit. Um, so it's a, it's a weird conspiracy movie, uh, movie book. I, I'm trying not to do the thing we just talked about where it's like, oh, so it's like this and this. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance meets Men Who Stare at Goats. I was about to mention Men Who Stare at Goats. It, Men Who Stare at Goats was also based on the MK Ultra project. So Yeah, I was actually was. just thinking about that. I'm like, yes. yeah. It's, it's uh, an old George Clooney movie. Yep. Um, it's really good. I don't know if I saw it or not. Well, I just watched the the Unabomber uh, drama that they had on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of it? Uh, I, I think it was just called the Unabomber. I think so. Wait, really? Yeah, there was this... Oh, I didn't know they... It was like, dramatized, and it wasn't... They uh, had the one, like, that one TV series where the first episode was about the Unabomber, and that was good, because, like, he does this whole well, this is This is, and, like, and, a whole... And you're like, oh, no, he's... These guys make yeah. a lot of good points. Ted Kaczynski, it's like it's it's this whole like it's a miniseries. Yeah. Right. But I, I thought it was pretty good, and actually he was he was a part of the MK Ultra. Yeah. Like really? He, yeah, he was one of the youngest. I think he was the youngest student to ever attend Harvard University. Uh. While he was a student at Harvard University, they were doing this in universities. Yeah. Right. Like the, the, primarily, that's yeah. where they. Came. He, he was like randomly dosed with like LSD or something. Was that or something? 
But yeah. I think they dosed him with stuff, but it was basically they just traumatized the hell out of yeah. him. Yeah. You know who else was uh, randomly dosed as part of this project? I don't, well, actually, I don't know if it's part of part MK Ultra, but fucking Whitey Bolter, the, the criminal. Really? Yeah, the, the Boston gang lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. When the first time he, had, he was arrested, like, they injected him with LSD. That's like part of some thing. And well, and we're finding this out more and more. Like, of course, the MK Ultra project specifically was closed, uh, but um, I gotta we, make sure I'm right about that. <laughs> there are there are more and more stories coming out where people, uh, particularly like African Americans, have been saying that they are um, they're not being officially arrested. Whenever they get picked up by the cops, they get taken to black sites and shit, mm-hmm. and they get tortured, and they don't get arraigned. They they just they they let them go. And they basically tell them, if you talk about it, you're dead. Um, and this is becoming a more common story to the point where, like, in Chicago, there are black sites that we have now identified. Um, and, like, I don't want to speculate too much on what's going on there. It's utterly fucked, whatever it is. But that was the inspiration for my story. Mm. And I was, Oh, shit, I was right. In, in return for a reduced sentence, yeah. uh, he was injected with LSD while in prison. And his account of it was horrifying. He, was, he said he, he would, whenever he caught sight of a like reflective surface, or if he looked at his hands, like he would start turning into a child. And this went on for just hours. Yeah, and that's that's not LSD. <laughs> that's that's yeah. not my experience with LSD. I think people have. It depends on the like how it's made. I think where yeah. I think when I did I did a drug many years ago, and it was like I can't remember. I think it was like DMT or something. But I would look at my hands, and they would just get older. Oh, and older. Yeah. And there was just this weird trip where I was looking at my friend's face and, like, he was just, like, becoming an old man. Yeah, and for a while there, um, since we're the same age, I don't know if you remember this, or like, the, like, the 2CE and the 2CB and, like, the 2CB, like, this weird cocktail of stuff. Like, someone had tried to make a drug that, like, gave you all the effects of, like, cocaine and LSD mm-hmm. and ecstasy and all this stuff and they kind of succeeded and then it gave you all the bad things from those experiences <laughs> oh, not, not the good very things. few of the good ones but there was many generations of it mm. and uh, it was real popular in Korea when I was, in the <laughs> when I was over there but anyway uh, that might have been what you had had yeah I, I don't know it was weird I mean it wasn't necessarily negative and it was very short it was only like a 30 minute trip where I thought it was like wow. an eternity and oh. then when I came down I'm like it's only been 30 minutes and like my friend is literally just like looking at his hands, like, sitting like a child on the floor, being like, dude, what am I? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to do that ever again. Like, <laughs> uh, Ultra sounds like a lot of fun as well. Uh, where can someone get these books if they want to read them? Uh, you can pick them up on, up on Amazon. Um, that's probably the best place to get so, get them. Um, you can also get them directly through me on my website, which is um, oliviahill.tokyo. Um, and you can buy them directly through me, or you can just get them through Amazon. We have them in print and in digital form. Well, we'll have your website uh, in the liner notes of the episode. Awesome. Uh, also, kind of s- good segue point, you're also developing a new tabletop RPG oh, yeah. yes. set in the same world. Yeah, I'm doing the iHunt I RPG um, currently. Um, like that's kind of I've been doing that longer than I've been doing novels. It, um, I've been a tabletop game designer for forever, like 12, uh, the, 13 years. Analog games. Yeah, analog games. Mm-hmm. Yes, analog games. Um, anything that me as someone uh, with a background in like Warhammer forty k, anything that I could grasp immediately. I've never I've never done anything with the Warhammer stuff, but I did um, develop for Vampire the Masquerade for over a decade. 
I remember playing in high school. I remember being like a junior and a senior in high school. My friend worked at a gas station. He worked the the graveyard shift. Fuck. So it's like we would just go there and hang out with him because it wasn't that busy. Yeah. Because, you know, small, suburbanite kind of town. And we would just go there and, like, we'd play Vampire the Masquerade. Nice. And then every now and again he'd have a customer to deal with. But (laughs) it was just super easy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, I grew up with those games too. Like, that's, um, I started when I was, like, fuck like 12 almost um maybe something like that when i was just starting high school and um i got into that and then um after school like i didn't know what i was doing and basically i kind of stumbled upon writing for those games and developing for those games um and i did that for well over a decade um it's it, yeah so that's that's my background um i've also done uh i've like i worked on like the licensed game for the dragon age game the cool. bioware dragon age game. oh you worked on that yeah oh i really like that um i worked on um like the rpg adaptation of the tv show leverage um i know of it but i don't it's good stuff it's i good haven't stuff. seen it um I've, I've done a lot of i've done a lot of that stuff um i worked a little bit on pathfinder um so yeah i've been all over the the tabletop game industry um and if you've played those games the the vampire the masquerade and all of that there's i've probably worked on something um in that that sphere um that you're familiar with and um so you're you're developing this new game um i mean can you talk about world as ultra and hashtag i hunt yeah and uh can you talk about the mechanics or yeah basically um basically the idea is is that i want to do um i want to do a game that is sort of like um it's got the heart of like a sort of adventure game where you get to beat things up you get to you know go out beat things up get money yeah um but the sort of um the 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 core loop the thing that you should be going back to all of the time is that um the money's not enough uh, basically, there's always going to be mounting problems that mean no matter how well you do and how like how much you achieve, ultimately it's zero sum. Um, like you get that good paycheck. Oh, there's a medical expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like you kill the monsters, you get the money, but now you need more money. Yes. Um, and so it's it's again just triggering my real life. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but, no, that reminds me. I just just came to me that whole concept where like you're an adventurer, you're badass, you're out, you're doing all this cool shit, and you get a bunch of money, but then it turns out you need to spend it all to fix this one mm-hmm. problem. Or my, for some reason, Cowboy Bebop just came into my head. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it that's a return. That's a reoccurring theme in that show. Like they go out and they do a job they get a bunch of money to come back but like they have to spend it all immediately mm-hmm. yeah and they they're, at the end of the episode they're left with like you know empty pockets mm-hmm. yeah well and that's i think that that's really compelling and that keeps you going like i used to like my, my friends like they played um, dungeons and dragons and stuff like that when i was younger yeah. i yeah. never really got into it i played with them a little bit but it would always get to the point where like we beat the dragon, we take the money, and then they're like, okay, we're ready for the next adventure. And I'm like, no, I'm going to fucking buy a castle and, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. chill. <laughs> I have all this gold. Like, I'm yeah, done. I'm I'm gonna... Like, I, I did what I needed to do. That was the thing. Like, I don't want to keep doing that. That's dangerous. I might die. Now I'm rich. Fuck off. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I think there's something to that, too, where it's like, it Traveler, basically... will you save us from the... Nope. No, nope. you know, we're I got mine. This means I don't got to do shit. <laughs> or like, I'm going to be like, okay, so I've got this cash now. I'm going to help this village like rebuild. Yeah. Okay. Well, but what about the drag? I don't give a shit about your stupid dragons. <laughs> like, like I want, I want to build an anarcho-syndicalist commune. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think also like there's something that, that power fantasy also like being able to overcome these 
these dangers because you know in reality we can't yeah. really fucking do that like you can't overcome your own materialist position in life yes i mean it can be done and there's plenty of success stories that are like all over the media but i mean for most people i would say 99 percent of people like that's basically impossible yes. yeah well like so. so there's this thing that happens in games and I, I like to look at um most most games are like genre emulation right they do like fantasy or action or something like that but i find that the way that they do this tends to not work um at least like sort of from a mental perspective um i like to look at the, the the good example that i like to look at is um indiana jones so indiana jones um you know he gets the thing he starts running and there's a fucking rock coming after him and he's got a boulder that's chasing after him what happens if he fails he fucking dies right so in a game where you're playing indiana jones you pick up the dice you roll the dice and if you make it awesome yay i just made the fucking roll i i, I avoid the boulder if I fail, I'm dead. Like, that's not genre emulation. Yeah. You're not emulating Indiana Jones because nobody fucking thinks that Indiana Jones is going to get flattened by that yeah. boulder. Nobody <laughs> gives a shit. That's a good point. Yeah. So, the in, in I Hunt, nobody thinks that some random punk vampire is going to kill Lana, the protagonist. That's just not a concern. She is an expert. She's very good at what she does. And what she does is kill monsters. So if I have to worry about whether or not she can kill some fucking punk vampire on the street, then it's not emulating that genre. Mm. But what I know that she can't do and what I know that she is struggling with is overcoming those material issues. So overcoming the, the real life catastrophe is her struggle. And that's the struggle that you're going to see in I Hunt. Mm. Whereas the, um, the monster fighting, the, the actual killing the monsters, that's more like a showcase scene. That's to put a spotlight on the character and let them be awesome. Because mm. we know that when they get home and they realize their phone just got turned off, that right. sucks. Mm. Yeah. Fuck. You're really speaking to a lot of my, yeah. lot of my recent experiences. There's an old... Um, this fucking thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I totally get you. Uh, the, um, there's, an old, like, there's an old episode of Beavis and Butthead. Um, that uh, there's a, such a stupid thing that makes me sound old. Um, <laughs> there's an old episode of Beavis and Butthead where Butthead keeps slapping Beavis and then he stops for a second and Beavis is like, ow! And then Butthead does it again and then again and then it goes on for a little while and then afterwards Butthead stops and Beavis is like, do it again. <laughs> and he's like, why? Well, why? You, you said it sucked. And he was like, yeah, it sucks, but then you stop and it's kind of awesome. <laughs> and, and that's that's the the sort of the narrative arc that i want to see in a game like i hunt is i want to see the um, that level of achievement and that relief from the stress um be the 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 driving factor in the game as opposed to asking yourself can i kill this monster of course you can fucking kill the monster mm -hmm. we don't care about that we care about how you kill it we care about like how you get to show off, how you get to like do exposition. It's very um the the narrative in I Hunt is very much like um if you've ever seen the TV show Burn Notice, uh, uh, yep. USA Network. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. The That's idea the is it's got Bruce Campbell. Yeah, thing. Bruce yeah. Campbell is in it. Yes, <laughs> um, and the the whole premise is that it's these super competent characters. They're absolutely going to fucking win the day. But what we want to see is them explain what they're doing and how they do it really fucking over the top cool. And in I Hunt, Lana spends a lot of time explaining why she's going to win. Mm -hmm. She sets it up 
and then she does it she executes it and it's it's about the way that she does it and the sort of the methodology and the the execution not whether or not she can mm. I, I did notice that like when she was walking through the plans or even when she, like you know the the narrator or her is yeah, describing what she's doing right and she just goes but which is fucking awesome i'm like yeah <laughs> like it is she's like this is really rad right now <laughs> yes yeah so that's that's the idea i want to i want to have a game where um the players get to celebrate at the table and they they get to they get to focus on that cool thing and they don't have to worry about not being able to achieve um and then the part that they have to struggle with is the accomplishment in between um they they the the sort of connective tissue of the story okay yeah. so like um what, what kind of mechanics is it going to be like a dice roll like if you know you have this big of a like reward is it going to kind of is it going to be like incremental or is it going to be like completely randomized well the way that it's gonna, the way that it's going to look is, is that you're going to have a small um handful of dice and they're probably at this point because um, i'm still in development they're probably going to be um six-sided dice and ten-sided dice mm -hmm. six-sided dice are just like normal things like if you um you have a skill whatever um, the ten-sided dice come from exceptional circumstances, um, things that are like you manipulated the circumstances in your favor, really hardcore, whatever. Um, and you roll this handful of dice, and you're basically you have to hit a target, which is um, it, like the difficulty of the thing that you're doing. Um, so you have to like the difficulty might be five. So you have to get one of the dice out of the, what you rolled, and five or above. And then basically the highest die that is a, aside from that die is your achievement like how well you do it um, and how impressive you are so the idea would be that you want to you want to achieve it with the lowest die possible and then you want to like basically go above and beyond and make it flashy with the other so die. you want to have like two dice so you'd have a dice pool yeah and then basically you want to hit that five you want one with a five basically and, and then, then you, you want to take that like seven eight, or yeah. eight yeah and that's that's how mm -hmm. awesome you are. that will turn like just Staking a vampire into like doing a backflip and throwing it and ricocheting it off the window and getting them in the back. There's a yeah, like there's one of the, one of the stories that I'm working on right now. It's actually the sequel to I Hunt. Um, it she is being chased by a vampire, um, and she basically jumps over a picket fence and tricks the guy into impaling himself on the picket fence. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 the in the narrative she like she tricks him into impaling himself on the picket fence, and she's basically like, okay, so whenever you're trying to get a vampire impaled on a piece of wood, the thing is, it's really hard to hit the heart. <laughs> But if it's a picket fence or something that's rooted to the ground, it doesn't really matter because they're still stuck to the fucking ground. <laughs> and so the vampire didn't hit his heart, but he's still impaled he's and still flailing stuck. and trying to get at her. And she sits there and berates him while, while he's while he's there. And, and he's like talking about how, you know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And she's like, I've totally heard that before. You don't know the value of a good villain monologue. <laughs> and, and, and so that's the kind of thing that I want to do here. I know I, I want to give the players the opportunity to to do big, flashy, awesome things. Mm -hmm. um, that way, they can contrast the the problem elements. Mm -hmm. That sounds exciting. Uh, I mean, how would that how would that play into the problem elements? How is that kind of? Well, the idea would be that we know that you're going to achieve in in that part. Mm -hmm. um, so, sorry. Um, the think of how to word this here. The, the the mounting issues in your real life are um, what I'm tentatively calling a catastrophe pool, which is basically a buildup 
Hmm. Um, that slowly happens, slowly happens, and then you're going to abate it by basically buying it off. Mm -hmm. um, you get money, you do cool things, and then you buy that down. If it ever gets to a certain point, you're fucked. So you have to keep struggling against it. But that's the real-life problem, and you can basically set that aside and not pay attention mm -hmm. to it while you're doing the job. Um, you have to be very good at what you do, and you can't let that stress get to you, because mm -hmm. if you do, then you're fucked. Like, mm -hmm. then you're, you're dead. Um, but that, that oh. catastrophe dice pool that's yes, sitting there yes. is sort of, it's for the GM, uh, or the game master, whatever. And they're going to set on that, and those dice are available to them, and they can fuck with you whenever. Like, you're, you're, you're on the way... <clears throat> sorry, you're running away from the vampire, you're trying to get him impaled, um, and maybe you don't know the neighborhood very well. And you check your phone at that point, the GM's like, you know, I'm going to roll the catastrophe. I roll that, your phone got shut off because you forgot uh, to pay the bill or your bill pay, uh, bounced or, or something. You, your data usage was too high. Exactly, right. whatever, whatever. So it's tangential to the issue. It interrupts your life, but it doesn't stop you from being cool. It doesn't stop you from getting to do the cool thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically the drama and the negativity gets to happen between the lines. We don't, we don't interrupt the player. We don't, we don't sit there and tell you, oh, your character sucks. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. What's the title? I Hunt. Oh, the, the, yeah. the title It's the I Hunt the Game. Yeah. Ooh. And, um. No, we've been talking about doing, uh, like an, like an RPG episode. Yeah. We, we want to play a game at some point and, but we just have to I get I would people. love to run a game. So maybe we could do that and uh, have you come in. You could yeah. run a, like maybe a play test of. Sounds fun. I mean, I'm not sure how that would work. We could we could just do we could do like one session, maybe two sessions, and then split it up into parts. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, f I figured we would do one session and split into two episodes. Yeah, so we could do that. All right. Sounds fun. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna take a quick break because right. I want more beer and <laughs> I also need another beer. So let's take a quick break and, and then uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk more about stuff. And we are back after the break. Uh, so the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about shitty people in the RPG industry. <laughs> to be My favorite uh, topic. To put it uh, quite bluntly. Um, so, I mean, most most guys in the metal, most metalheads, like we play RPGs, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, there's a big overlap between nerds and metal. You know, Call of Cthulhu. I mean, like our good friends, Lizard Wizard, who oh, yeah. their entire thing is just drugs and Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> we love you guys. We talk about you a lot, and we love you. We miss you. We miss you. Please come back to Japan. Please do another tour. Um... So I mean, I mean, even now, like I have, I'm playing a uh, an on the forums play by post Call of Cthulhu game with uh, Eric, who was our guest. Some of our listeners oh, might yeah, remember the tattoo uh, episode. Yes. Yep, on the yeah. tattoo episode, he is our GM. Oh, um, that I we're doing. Didn't even know how big of the overlap was. Like, I have a lot of friends who are into that sort of thing, but I was recently working for a video game studio, and we had a game that shared a name with a metal band in Germany, and I found out about this like randomly so i was like we should reach out to them and do cross promotion and, and i did and like i got the permission to to reach out and talk to them and i reached out and I, I was talking to them a little bit and they were very cool they were really fun guys um and they were talking to me about like all of the the rpgs that they played <laughs> and it was funny because they ended up they knew more about the stuff that like i'd written before i started on that company um and so they had a really good basis of comparison we made a really good rapport uh, so it's a shame i didn't end up finishing that game with them um, because it would have been a fun thing. Their their name was um, Evertail. 
Okay. Oh, oh yeah, I know Evertail. They're actually really cool. <laughs> like, I, I really like the Matthias, I think is his name. He was super friendly, super good guy. Is it, is it Naru into gaming as well? Like, he's got a lot of... Uh... Naru said he used to play um, Warhammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would play board games in Warhammer, but he wasn't... Uh, I think the last time... Guy. I talked to him about it. He was he was like, I don't really have a lot of time for games now. Yeah, so. I understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. we all understand that, which is why I do the play-by-post. Um, but I think the first time, I'd, I'd been following you for a while, Liv, yeah. and um, I think the first time I actually talked to you on Twitter was, mm-hmm. um, I think most people know that the Werewolf the Apocalypse video game is in development right now. Sort of, yeah. Um, I was very excited for yeah. it um, because I fucking loved werewolf i wanted to play werewolf like i i never have actually played werewolf because i always wanted to play it but all my friends wanted to play vampire which was cool too (laughs) but i'm like come on guys sometimes you just want to be like a giant fucking wolf creature that just kills the technocracy yeah so or maybe that's what to be captain planet with fangs motherfucker yeah Yeah, that's what i wanted in life yeah (laughs) um but then you 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 started to you made some tweets about how the i think one of the the one of the I'm a hundred probably gonna fuck this up. <laughs> it's okay. Either lead creative director or one of the creative directors has a very shady past and has uh, given glowing reviews to Burzum's Varg Vikernes really shitty and really oh, racist I heard about his RPG, RPG game, yeah. which is yeah, like token some... with racialism. Yeah, there's some so. weird no, overlap really there. It's it's but... like. It's, I don't know, it's a, it's a little complicated. I don't even know, like, all of the details there. But there's, like, so, it's, like, one of those, um, it's, like, a, a fucking Six Degrees to Kevin Bacon type thing. Um, and, like, it seems like everyone in fucking RPGs is, is a couple of degrees con- disconnected from these guys. But, basically, the, um, the guy who is in charge of the company who bought White Wolf, who has owned the properties that I've worked on for all of these years, um, he is big into like the sort of European LARP scene and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and he is also friends with um, some of the other guys who do games over there in like Sweden, Norway, that area. Um, like, there's a guy named like James Raggi who um, was has talked a lot about how he would like to work with, um, you know. Varg or Berg, what? What is it? I think it's Varg. Varg. I don't fucking know. I've only seen, ever seen it in print. I don't know. But he's a piece of shit. He's a crazy old man now. Yeah, but like, yeah, the the fact of the matter is, is that like these people like associate with real like weird types. the The guy in question who um, was in charge of White Wolf. Um, or the comp- the paradox subsidiary who bought White Wolf. It's so fucking convoluted. Was it Onyx? Um, no, Onyx Path is so okay. Let me do it. Let me do a quick primer. <laughs> so yeah, I am well, lost. Like I, yeah, I've it's, heard of White it's so Wolf. fucked up. I know it's like a design studio or something. Like yeah, that. White Wolf. White Wolf was based out of um, Atlanta, Georgia, for years and years and years. Um, and they ended up getting bought out by the Icelandic company CCP. Yeah, um, Eve Online. Yeah, Eve Online. I've written eight for years them. of my life. <laughs> yeah, if you've if you've ever played um, a quest in that game that was named after or referenced um a an 80s goth band um then it was probably me <laughs> was it sisters of mercy yeah sisters of mercy <laughs> yes. That sort of, yes yes i have <laughs> yeah like there's a quest i th- that i when in my draft i named it my or this corrosion um that is that was my so, so anyway ccp bought them out um and they were going to do a world of darkness mmo mm. um and they developed it for like five years and basically when it got ran into the ground, it wasn't going to happen. 
Um, and so they sort of set on those IPs for the longest time. Um, and we, we still made games, but it was like a back burner thing. Like mm-hmm. they really didn't give a shit because tabletop games don't sell as well as video games. And then basically some of the people who were associated with um, original White Wolf um, created a company called Onyx Path. Oh, excuse me. They created a company called Onyx Path who continued to make these tabletop RPGs. Um, and they were pretty cool for the most part for a number of years. Um, they kept those games going. Um, and eventually, like, CCP ran into more problems over the years. And they sold those properties to Paradox Interactive, mm. who makes, like, all kinds of video games. They make a lot of, like, historical like Crusader Kings. games. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got friends who play Crusader Kings. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, there are some very cool people who are into those games. There's also a lot of, like, people who have strong opinions about, like, ethics and games journalism. Hashtag Gamergate. Yes. So... So Paradox bought those properties and basically created a new company called White Wolf to shepherd those properties into a new edition. Um, it, and they hired one of the guys who um, worked at CCP on the MMO, um, but who had never worked on any of the tabletop games before, mm-hmm. to basically be the head of that department. Um, and he was like this real fucking weird edgelord, like really like skeezy metal guy um, who... Like, he bragged a lot about, like, he did LARPs where he would lock claustrophobes in closets until they cried and begged for help and stuff like that. Um, and, and it's kind of a shitty thing to do. Yes. Yeah. And he, he talked about how, like, in the um, the old White Wolf World of Darkness games, like, the biggest regret that he ever had was that um, the White Wolf people never, um, like, addressed 9-11. <laughs> 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 and and since, since they took it over, they have, um, they, they hired a guy who has, like, stalked me for years a guy named like zach smith who's just like this weird fucking like he's like a painter but he also does tabletop rpgs and he's just a total trash fire stalker shit um sounds great and he's good friends with a guy named james raggy who is one of those nordic metal rpg guys who yeah um and so like basically when when the company was confronted about hiring that that guy the stalker guy um they were just like eh, we wash our hands of it it was just a contractor whatever and i was like okay so this is a huge red flag i'm gonna step away i'm not gonna be making these games anymore because i can't be a company to this um and they were like oh but it's not gonna be so bad they're, they're gonna apologize they're gonna get a no they're not they're gonna get worse let me fucking tell you right now and they're like, no, 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 no. So I walk away. I basically quit. They fired me at the same time as I quit. Um, they they refused to pay me for a lot of work that I had done and stuff like that. It was, it was a real fucking clusterfuck. But I stepped away. And then they started doing things like there's a... Um, one, in one of the sample dice rolls in their first adventure that they published is like... A, um, the dice roll is 1488. Um, and when called out about that, they're like... But what if we just reverse it? Would that be okay? <laughs> like, oh my god! Wait, one fourteen eighty eight. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious? Yeah, and and like one of the, one of the vampire clans um, who is like prone to like irrational rages and stuff. Um, they they changed that irrational rage to being called triggered um, because oh. you know. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, um, and, and and a bunch of bullshit like that. And then recently they re- they just released a book where 
they um, said that the the Chechnyan um, purge of gay people, the the concentration camps that they've been, the Chechnya has been putting gay people in, um, were actually a vampire plot and a distraction to um, hide the truth of radical Islam taking over Chechnya. Fuck me. Yeah. (laughs) And it it got so bad that the state of Chechnya is actually like... I think they're detaining yes. the publishers of the game in Russia. Yes, I just you. I think <laughs> that showed up on my timeline. Maybe yes. you retweeted it. Where a Maybe. bunch of a bunch of the publishers or like the writers got like got arrested. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, like the original creator of Vampire, who was only um he was only with the company for a couple of years. Like after the game was created, he left very early because he did not mesh with it. Um, so he's not really involved in anything but the the foundation of the company. Mm-hmm. They hired him. Um, he's insufferably hard to work with Mm -hmm. and he has like very bad opinions online like for example that the real thing that you should do if you want to solve the problem of Nazis right now is let them beat you up if you let them beat you up then everyone will know that they're frauds and that will end the threat yeah because that worked swimmingly historically and he said this in direct response to um, the Charleston uh, protests where Heather Hare was actually killed by and, Nazis. And murdered by Nazis. And yeah. it didn't fucking stop them. Yeah. They're still going. Yeah. They're still fucking going. So, yeah. like, Why, why is this idea so popular? You saw, like, the, the Clinton article in The Guardian. Yes! Where she said that we need to yes. close borders and shit. Yes! Ch- yes. To, to, to Europe, Europe needs to have stricter immigration to... To get rid of this right-wing To get rid of these right To beat the fascists. Exactly what they want us to do. Like, yes, we need to but fucking no, like, like, even appeasement. Like, otherwise, man. intelligent people are like, yes. no, but she's right. She's right. No, she's no. fucking not. Like, she's no, not dude. Right. Like this. When I was in college, we had problems with Nazis. They would go to the punk shows. What we did is we beat their asses. And it worked. They stopped yeah. fucking coming. Yeah, I've heard that story. Like, no. Right? Numerous people are like, yeah, we like a couple of years ago, we had like a Nazi infestation. They would come to shows and like push people around until one night we just all kicked the shit out of them. Yes. They stopped coming they around. Stopped coming, yeah. Henry Rollins has talked mm. about this. Like... All kinds of people have talked about this. It's what you do. You stop them because you can deal with rational actors with rational arguments. You can debate, like, real points and deal with people. But when the point is, you should die, you can't say, nah, actually, I think I should live. They're they're not going to fucking listen. The the whole point of fascism is that you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to have a debate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The point is, it's all about force. I mean, that's what Mussolini fucking, that's what he wrote about. There is is one language that they understand, and that is violence. And if you don't speak to them in that language, they don't understand it. And they can sit there and they can try to manipulate the liberals and be all like, oh, freedom of speech, like, please protect us, you know, like, and the liberals just fucking play into it, like Hillary Clinton just fucking did. Yeah. Yeah. So. And or so, fucking, uh, David Frum. Oh my God, Steve Bannon and oh, like just, fuck David Frum. Fucking why? Fucking idiot. Should be in the fucking Hague. You should fucking. I don't know if we're allowed to. <laughs> we're probably not allowed to say that. Yeah, should. <laughs> it would be a thing that if it happened might be a net win in the world, but you should not do it. Yeah. The hypothetical. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was completely and totally hypothetical. There. You definitely should. It was Not. that was a parody we were doing. Shoot. A parody. <laughs> yes. Uh, so okay. anyway, this is this is how satire works, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he did this. Yeah, it's satire. It's satire, satire. right? It's, it's social commentary. Yeah. The so he said that he said this right after Heather Hayer's death, and I called him out for it. I was like, "This is bullshit." 
I have dealt with Nazis, and if I had not used violence, which you say is never the answer, if I have not used violence against Nazis in the past, they would have literally killed me. Uh, I have literally stopped them by hurting them because it was the only avenue. Mm -hmm. And he called me a coward for it and then said that somebody who resorts to violence is also likely a domestic abuser. And that's why he um, now believes the allegations that he's heard against me. He, he made them the fuck up. <laughs> he literally said that I beat my wife oh, because I, I mm -hmm. because in the, in my fucking college years I beat up Nazis who tried to kill me. Wow. And eventually that he admitted that he shit. was just fishing. He was just saying that he had heard allegations in hopes that someone would come to him and say, "Oh yeah, I've heard things about this person too." Yeah. Like he was literally calling me a domestic abuser. Because I think that Nazis need to have the shit kicked out of them. Which are not the fucking same thing No! <laughs> no! There's a big difference between my wife and my and Nazis. My yeah. wife isn't a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, for one, my wife would kick my ass. <laughs> so the math on that was like, okay, so you're willing to punch a white supremacist. <laughs> yes! So they're probably also willing to punch your, your wife. wife. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So that that guy is you know the cream of their crop as far as the people who, that they, who is they this hire. Idiot? Um, Mark Reinhagen. Um, he lives in Georgia, the nation, um, Georgia, Oof. and he's just a fucking idiot. Um, like there's just no way around it. So they hire the 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 stalker guy Zach Smith. They hire Mark Reinhagen. They they write about Chechnya trying to like make it out that fucking the the purge of actual literal gay people Never is a happened. vampire plot to hide Islamic extremism which is which the fucking... vampires want to do the vampires yes! want to hide they they want sharia law or some shit i don't fucking know popular among the undead i've heard yeah sharia law. so so basically what we're <laughs> that saying law now where is you that, can't drink blood is that is that isis <laughs> is actually a vampire Theocracy. Yes, basically, and Chechnya is is an Islamic state. Um, so Fuck me. this not was of, this is way probably surprised to learn. This is that. way deeper than I anticipated yes. it would be. So this was so <laughs> stupid that the people the, the 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 leadership in Chechnya were like, "This is slander." Like you are literally slandering us, and like we are not ruled by vampires. Admittedly, they, we are not vampires. They they are an awful white right wing regime that kills oh, yeah, no. gay people. There, there's a lot of problems. With Chechnya. But the fact of the matter is, if that. Chechnya is like you're slandering us by calling us an Islamic state, maybe you're fucking doing something stupid. Okay, like oh my god. Holy shit. So, Holy shit. So basically... This is so much... Like, I saw a tweet of yours recently where you're like, yeah, White Wolf is really, like, shitting the bed. Mark it down. I'm saying it now. Like, the, the yes. project they're working on now is going to suck ass. Yes. Yeah. I and didn't know it. there was all this going on. Yeah, yeah no. They're like... Basically, they started an international diplomatic crisis in order to own the libs. <laughs> uh, that chime means... What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It was actually... It's my... It's... It's it, we, listeners, don't worry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So we're still recording. So international diplomatic issue in order to own the libs. <laughs> Brilliant and and super smart guys. Yeah. So so basically, you know, White Wolf shot the bed harder than any game company has ever shot the bed before. Um, like it's it's ridiculous. I'm I'm glad that I got out when I could. Um, and Ugh. it's it's really sad. Yeah, it sounds like you really dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Like I feel like a Cassandra though because I told them very early on i told them the second that they started hooking up with these 
guys, it's going to be bad. It's going to be so bad. You cannot have, you have no idea how bad it's going to get. I didn't know it was going to be like, you know, there are people going to prison over it. And there, there, there are people being like, it's the nation of Chechnya. <laughs> yeah. And the, the old rule that we used to have whenever, whenever I was writing for white wolf and writing for CCP and Onyx path and all these companies who have been making these games is that, if there are real problems in the world, like actual institutional issues, that it shouldn't be blamed on monsters. Because that defrays the responsibility. If you say that this genocide that is happening in the wor real world, there are real people actively being hurt right now, and this is the result of vampires, that that diffuses the responsibility from very real human people. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's disgusting. And Agreed. so we just didn't do it. Like, we never said that fucking, you know, 9-11 was caused by vampires. And in <laughs> fact, we explicitly said that we're not going to touch on this because it's a real thing that hurts real people right now. And that's not horror. That's just, that's just shit. Do, do you think that maybe, I think it was, was it Raggy? I'm, I might be getting my names mixed up. Like, yeah, Raggy. Raggy, Raggy. Raggy, who said that Vampire the Masquerade didn't do enough with 9-11? Oh, that was actually um, Martin Erickson, the CEO of White Wolf. Erickson. Paradox White Wolf. Okay, okay. CEO. So, yeah. So, do you think that he is trying to basically, or was possibly trying to dog whistle by saying, vampires did 9-11, meaning Jews did 9-11? To be honest, it's hard to say. Like, I think that... Wait, wait, is that a thing? Like, a, a vampire is like a stand-in for like the yeah, absolutely, Jewish... really. Yeah, the Nosferatu, the 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 Nosferatu movie, the first Dracula movie, um, was absolutely an anti-Semitic movie. No shit, I, I this is the first time hearing of this. Of yeah, like, absolutely. Of like, I, like I've I've heard like this like the vampire masquerade thing, like the vampire global elite like running mm -hmm. shit. Yeah, well, that, that's a stand-in for like, the, the, the Illuminati, globalists yeah. and the globalists is a stand-in oh. for the Illuminati, but also a stand-in for holy shit. So fun fact, um, Dracula, like you know, vampires are are my thing, my jam. Um, so Dracula, the original Dracula, was um, sort of a little bit racist against like the Romani people, the Eastern mm -hmm. Europeans, um, and basically well, when you say the original Dracula. Are we Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. The the, no, the novel. Okay. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula had Dracula coming over, and he was the strange um, outsider coming in to essentially rape our women. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, the, that was the idea. It was the, the horror of the foreigner coming in. And when... I'm good. Thank you. The um, When the, the German Dracula, the would have been Dracula it ended up being Nosferatu because of the weird situation with the, the Stoker estate. The Dracula film was made. Um, they shifted a lot of the context of Dracula. It was no longer a movie about an Eastern European coming to London. It was about a, a hamlet in Germany being invaded by a Jewish standing. Hmm. Hmm. Um, what year was that? Was uh, Nosferatu released? Oh, it was the 1920s. It was yeah. Right, it was yeah. like one of the like silent films. Yeah, and ironically, Nosferatu was directed by a Jewish person. But and there's this this very complicated discourse about this. Like if you look into the film studies, where just because you're a Jewish person doesn't mean you can't do anti-Semitic things because they are part of the zeitgeist, sure. whatever. Um, but it very much played into the, the German sensibilities at the time that ultimately ended up leading into World War II. Mm. Um, and, you know, Nosferatu is a landmark movie. It's a very important movie. Mm. Uh, it's also anti-Semitic. 
And a lot of vampire fiction has been that way, particularly ones that lean in heavily to the sort of like Illuminati Mm -hmm. globalist thing. Uh, I don't think... This is so bizarre to me because like the the way I got into I think it was like fucking Anne Rice novels mm-hmm. is how I originally started me too and then learning about all this like it's it's pretty mind blowing yeah. actually Anne Rice um, did a really good job to retcon that and I can talk about that later too no, 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 <laughs> her, like uh, I remember a lot of people who read those books originally thought that Anne Rice was like a pseudonym for like a gay man writing about yeah. the, the HIV pro- well uh, issue. she was in San Francisco at the time yeah. um, and San Francisco and New Orleans it was a great contrast um, it's a thing I could talk about for forever. Um, the so anyway, I don't think Martin Erickson necessarily meant that, but he's very much like he's very much like an edge lordy type of guy mm. who likes to say provocative things mm. without like he he likes to um, deny any sort of consequence for the things that he says. He likes to th- say things that'll rile people up, and right now the things that'll rile people up are that. Mm. Um, it, like if you look at if you look at White Wolf and you look at like their Facebook groups right now, it's hundreds of people saying you know cultural march Marxism, you know the SJWs, you know uh, like all of this stuff that is it looks no different than the comment section on a Stormfront article. Um, it's awful, and I don't think that they are necessarily mar- that what way. What the fuck does that mean? I keep hearing that like, like from like Jordan Peterson and that and those yeah. idiots. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I, I think Jordan Peterson his whole thing is postmodern postmodernism Marxism, yeah. right? Yeah. So cultural Marxism um, and like the the whole d- just debate about the like the Frankfurt School and stuff is essentially that um, after World War II, a lot of um, powerful Jewish people um, who had a lot of money and things started influencing. Um, the world using these sort of Marxist ideas that would control culture and keep the 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 flow of free thought from spreading. As someone who's been reading a lot of Marx since Jared yeah. was kind enough to lend me a copy of Capital. Oh yeah. Did you give I me my copy back? By the I way, did. I did. Okay, <laughs> okay. But I don't. I don't. I don't see how they squ- how they. Well, how do they yeah. make that? So, how do they convince anyone of that being a thing? That... It, it's stupid and racist and awful. It's the same thing as anything else that they convince but it, people. It, it of. relies on the person that they're telling this to yes. to never who to not have an understanding of Marx to have never actually read Marx. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the idea would be though. Don't read Marx. Yeah, listen to us instead. Read it's very instead. important that you don't read Marx because then you might start thinking. Yeah, you know, um, then you might be like, "Wow, this is actually making a lot of sense." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I now understand. The the idea would be that whereas Marx focused on the redistribution of capital and the um, the ownership of the means of production, um, the cultural Marxism was focused more on the the manufacture of culture, um, the creation of society. Mm. Um, and free speech and things like that. So they shouldn't read Gramsci either. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So it's it's yeah. It was an anti-Semitic idea, the the cultural Marxism thing, and it's one of those things that you'll hear about anytime people start um, start talking about like not being racist, not being sexist. They they call it cultural Marxism because they can't just say I hate Jews. Oh. Um, they, yeah, they can't be like I hate black people. Yeah. Exactly. You know, exactly. I, I hate. I hate Mexicans. They have to be like, no, it's cultural Marxism. But I have white pride. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So. so that's basically their comment sections right now, and I don't necessarily think that they intentionally courted that, but it's very easy to not court that, mm-hmm. and it's very easy to reject that. 
um, they have said, you know, we're not interested in, you know, the alt right. Like, we don't want the Nazis following us and stuff. But at a certain we're point, we're not interested. In yeah, that, like at a certain okay. point, if you say, I don't want Nazis buying my stuff, but you've been dog whistling to them constantly, they're like, it's the same thing with fucking Trump. Mm. Trump's. Trump has said, I'm not big into Nazis, and but everything he, he says them, yeah. is such a dog whistle that the Nazis are like, yeah, well, I'm not really a Nazi, so Trump's on my side. These guys think that these new White Wolf guys, these Swedish edgelord guys, are on their side, and so they can say, we don't want Nazis buying our stuff, but they're the, the Nazis, the, who are not necessarily wearing swastikas, but still hating Jewish people, black people, whatever, they are out there standing for them they're out there fighting for them okay oh, and we're back we all use the restroom yes those things i really had to pee sorry listeners <laughs> when we when we left we were talking about white wolf and how they kind of blow right now <laughs> and, uh, international incidents yes, yes. international and, uh, incidents vampire the masquerade bloodlines two yeah, I don't know what it's actually going to be called, but basically, they're like the the whole idea with Paradox buying um, White Wolf was they wanted to make more video games because video games make money, right? So they wanted to buy the IP so they can farm it out. Uh, the only reason they're really making tabletop games is to keep the you know sort of name alive. Mm. Um, so Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines was their big game. It wasn't actually big at the time. It's kind of a cult hit now. Um, a lot of people still talk about it, but they're they're going to make another one. On, um, and they're also going to make a Werewolf the Apocalypse game. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of basically a continuation of a game that was going to be in development for... Or was in development for a few years, forever ago. And it got cancelled. So they're going to make those. And I imagine they're going to stink really badly. Um, because Going on record, they're going to be shitty. Yeah, like so far their track record is, is they made an app game with, um, with a stalker. Um, the high point of which is um, talking about physically eating an ass, not like not like the gay way, but like the actually not, not the eating fun way. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. The, the, like like that serial killer who now lives in Tokyo. Uh, yeah, well, he's not technically a serial killer. And he only rich. killed one person. Yeah, that's true. But he would have been a serial. killer. But he did also eat an asshole. Yes. You yeah, right. yeah. So yeah. Th that sort of eating ass, not the cool kind. Um, which we support. Losing. We support eating ass here. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, and then you know hiring the original guy talking about. You know how you've got to let Nazis beat you up. Um, you know, slipping in those those triggered references and the fourteen eighty eight mm. references. Thinking that Varg's game was any good when it was clearly <laughs> yeah really garbage. That's yeah. It's so like yeah. It's it's they've not they've not proven that they have a pretty good track record there. The company Paradox has actually stepped in and they're like we're not going to let them publish any more games. <laughs> uh, so, we're stopping this. Yeah, we're we're going to we're going to put a kibosh on this because their track record is 0 for 4 at this point. Uh, everything that they've put out has come with a press release apologizing <laughs> for it. <laughs> which is it's pretty fucking impressive if you ask. Not me. ideal. Not yeah. ideal. So, you know, I and and I think that basically like one of two things are going to happen with the video games and the first is that they're just going to be shitty like that um i think that that's highly likely um that they're the whoever they're, they're farming those those games out to whatever studios are developing them are going to be working off of a baseline that's crud that's that's fucking shit um the other sort of alternative is is that they try to like scramble to salvage their name and fix it and whenever whenever company oversight tries to do that it ends up ba very bad. 
like in all my experience in developing games whenever a company has to step in and reverse course on things uh, they never give the studios the resources necessary to do it so you know those games are gonna suck basically awesome yeah well um me looking forward to things never happening ever again yeah don't look forward to shit you fucking optimist yeah yeah don't do that well, we're at the uh, hour and five minute mark. Cool. Uh, let's let's do some plugs. Uh, you said we can, they can people interested in your books can find them on Amazon. Uh, oh yeah. Or your website, which is OliviaHill.Tokyo. Um, also, you can um, you can find my games. I have independent oh, games. Yes. Yes. Yeah. At MachineAge.Tokyo. MachineAge.Tokyo. Yeah. All one word. Uh, MachineAge. Yeah. M a c h i n e a g e dot Tokyo. Um. There's a really good one that just came out. Um, it's a second edition of my first game ever. It's called Machine Zeit, which is um, German basically for like Machine Age. And uh, would this be a video game or a tabletop? It's a tabletop game, game oh. and it's a sci-fi horror game um, that is inspired by uh, movies like Event Horizon, Pandorum. Oh hell yeah! Um, oh, I love, oh, those I love Alien. Those. Yeah, it's it's basically the the ghost stories in space stations genre yeah. of horror. Um, where like you expect pretty much everyone to die except maybe one person at the end, um, and so it's a, it's a real brutal survival horror um, where the the sort of hook the the game mechanic hook is that the players do all of the creating the scary stuff themselves. Um, like I always playing playing horror games growing up playing horror role playing games I would always like have like a GM or something who would come to the table and they'd be like I've got this so scary plot that I've mm -hmm. got planned and it's going to be so awesome and then it comes to the table and it sucks <laughs> because people don't really know how to scare other people as well as people know how to scare themselves mm -hmm. so if you give people the power to scare themselves and to do things that they find awful and terrifying they'll do it hell yeah because yeah. it's fucking fun. It's why we watch fucking horror movies. Exactly. Exactly. It's why we it's why we indulge in these but also like why we indulge in these weird kind of fantasies or intrusive thoughts where like I have weird man, I probably shouldn't, I'm drunk. I have these weird, like, you know, intrusive thoughts of like castrating myself and like <laughs> I kind of indulge in these sometimes where I'm just like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like everyone knows what they are most upset by mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. and so basically that's what it's all about and it, it's um it just came out um i released it for halloween this year and you can find it there um and we have all kinds of shit like that um my so machine age dot tokyo yeah machine age dot tokyo is what and you're sure. writing that olivia hill dot tokyo yeah olivia hill dot tokyo yeah you can find us at kala dot jp uh on twitter instagram facebook kala jp uh, you can find Jared on Twitter as uh, Obake Kuma, right? Obake <laughs> underscore Kuma. Obake underscore Kuma. I am the monster bear. Uh, you can find me at Tuna underscore Ghost. Uh, a ref slime enough for you no. know what's really funny? It's a slime to kill when right I, now. <laughs> yeah, right now. Slime to kill, nineteen ninety six. Well, you don't. Uh, we don't have any shows coming up. Are there? Any, well, are there any shows that you want to just tell people in Tokyo about if they're able? There are shows coming up. Uh, December's looking like a really great month. I'm saying that because I'm poor this month, so I've been to no shows. No show November. Yeah, yeah no show November. <laughs> People are saying it's like no wank November or no yeah. come November or yeah. no shave no no November. November. No, no nut November. What the and fuck is wrong with people? I don't, I don't know. Like, but um, 
I did I did recently shave my beard, so I am not shaving in November. So I am technically taking part in No Shave November. Sure, sure, sure. And I'm probably not going to shave ever again. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, lots of good shows going on in December. I can't name any off the top of my head. Yeah, just check the calendar. Um, Go to kala.jp, check our calendar. Yeah, if we update it. I haven't updated it this month. No. Well, I mean, in December. <laughs> look at the calendar. <laughs> Don't look at it right now. Anyway, uh, yeah, we need to get better at that. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Just follow us on Facebook, Twitter, follow all us individually. Things. Yeah. All uh, the things. Come find us in Tokyo. Stop us on the street. <laughs> call it a night. Let's all, let's all say goodbye. One more time. Call JP. Olivia Hill dot Tokyo. Machine Age dot Tokyo. <coughs> Jared's <laughs> Twitter account. Find it. You know, you know, just follow me on, like, Instagram. Like, don't fucking, like, J Rodimus. J-R-O-D-I-M-U-S. Like Optimus Prime, but if it was Jared, okay. Jared and Miss Prime, I don't know fucking know. Yeah, I don't know. Rap Fuck this, we're done. How do I stop it? Hit the stop. Probably the stop button. Hit the stop button. That's the square one.